G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. If you had to, would you give up your life to save someone you love? Tough question. We'd like to think so, but... Anyhow, it it turns out that we have the opportunity to lay down our lives for one another every day. So do we grab those opportunities or do we allow them to pass us by? I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome to the program today as we continue with the next message in a series called Living a Life That Leaves a Lasting Legacy of Love. So have you been pondering that question I just asked before? If you had to, would you be prepared to put your life on the line for the people you love? Pretty tough question, isn't it? We'd like to say yes, but until you're really put into that situation, who knows how you're going to react? Jesus said no greater love has anyone than to lay down their life for their friends. Hey, it's a tough call. I want to share a story with you today, an historical story that comes from the nation of Israel about a young woman called Esther. She was a young Jewish woman who lived in the 3rd or 4th century BC. As has been the case for most of their history, the Israelites were captive and subservient to a foreign king. Ahasuerus was his name, who ruled over 127 provinces from India through to Ethiopia. He and his wife had a falling out, so, as was the custom, he sent out his servants to gather all the beautiful young maidens in the kingdom for him to choose another wife. This was your average try before you buy plan. Sad, but true. As a result of this process, eventually young Esther becomes queen. Unbeknownst to the king, she is, of course, a Hebrew of the nation of Israel. Nevertheless, once she's queen, she's queen. Not long after this, her uncle Mordecai, who raised her, discovers that one of the king's top advisers, a man called Haman, has decided to destroy all the Jews in the kingdom, quite simply to put them to death. So historically, this wasn't the first time in Israel's history, and sadly, as we know from World War II, neither was it the last. Haman said this to the king. You can read it in Esther chapter 3, verses 8 to 11. He said, There's a certain people scattered and separated among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of every other people, and they don't keep the king's laws so that it is not appropriate for the king to tolerate them. If it pleases the king... Let a decree be issued for their destruction, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who have charge of the king's business, so they may put it into the king's treasuries. So the king took his signet ring from his right hand, and he gave it to Haman, the enemy of the Jews. The king said to Haman, The money is given to you, and the people as well, to do with them as seems good to you. And thus the death warrant of the Jews in the kingdom was issued. Hmm what to do. So Uncle Mordecai sends a message to his niece, Queen Esther, to go to the king and get him to change his mind. Well, you see, that sounds fine in theory, but back in that time and that place, that was much easier said than done. So Esther sends a message back to Mordecai. 
She says all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or any woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law. All alike are to be put to death. Only if the king holds out the golden scepter to someone may that person live. I myself have not been called to come to the king for thirty days. When they told Mordecai what Esther had said, Mordecai's answer came back swiftly. Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise up for the Jews from another quarter. But you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. Of course, what he said made a lot of sense. But think of the absolute dilemma this young one faced. Would she put her life on the line for her people or not? Would she go to the king or not? And when she did, would she find his favour or would she come to an untimely death? She showed such great courage and she decided to go into the king who, to her good fortune, held up his scepter. She won his favour. She wooed him and she changed his mind. He rescinded his order of genocide and ultimately Haman, the man who'd plotted the demise of the Jews, was himself put to death. Now there's probably very little chance that you or I will ever be asked to literally physically put our lives on the line for others the way Esther was. And yet each and every day, opportunities are bound for us to lay down our lives for others. I was speaking recently to some dear old friends of mine who are going through a very difficult situation with one of their adult sons. He's married a woman who, as it turns out, is into fraud and whose business activities have A, cost these friends and their children lots of money as they've been stung by the fraud, and B, almost landed their son and his now pregnant wife in prison. Now, they were stung for some money in this fraud, as were their other children. None of them are particularly wealthy, Here is a real-life family situation. You don't expect it. You don't wish it upon yourself, but it happens. Good people, and it happened to them. How, How does this family respond? Here's what they've decided to do. They've rallied around their son. They're supportive. They care for him. He's still part of the family. In short, they've responded to him in love. Right now, perhaps this young man doesn't quite get it. But I'm certain in a few years' time he will look back on this time and realise how precious the love of his family really was at a time when he didn't deserve it. That's called laying down your life for someone you love. It's tough, but it's what real love does. We live in a world that's used to instant gratification and disposable just about everything. And All too many of us, when we don't get that instant gratification, want to dispose of a relationship. So let me ask you again. Would you lay down your life for your friends, for your family, for those whom you love? Will you give them the sort of sacrificial love that you would want if you were in their shoes or not? Tough questions, I know, but they're exactly the questions we need to be asking ourselves if we want to live the sort of life that leaves behind a legacy of love. This is what Jesus had to say about laying down his life for his friends. He said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand, who's not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand doesn't care for the sheep. 
but I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. For that reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. I've received this command from my father. The price God paid for you and me is totally mind-blowing. The life of his precious son so that we might have eternal life in his presence. It just boggles the mind. And that is what makes God's grace and his love so powerful. It's unconditional. And it came at a price. And even God himself didn't shrink from laying down his own life for us. My prayer is that as you contemplate that sort of love, the love he has for you, the price he was prepared to pay for you, that that might take you to a place where you can honestly evaluate, re-evaluate the love that you show to others around you, to the people who really matter, to the people whose lives, when all is said and done, you would like to leave a lasting legacy of love. Let me ask you again, would you lay down your life for those whom you love? Before we go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, Stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.